I make the OTL podcast because it's something that I enjoy doing. I struggle to find the time to do as much as I would like, and we're really down to one monthly podcast where we look at what's going on on and off the pitch at the football club. If I had more time, I'd like to do things with a bit more variety. We had a two-part interview with Ian McMillan, and it was an absolute honour to spend some time with a club legend. I had a rant in the last podcast, and I think it comes down to, given where the club is, I don't know that we use all the assets at our disposal to try and rebuild the Aruanians into what it could be. One of the most obvious assets is us, the supporters. Looking at the tiny group of people that have appeared on the podcast, we've got Alan Porteous, who's written an excellent fictional work on football. We've got John O'Brien, who brought the Johnny Martin autobiography to us. And we've had Ross Mitchell do one of the songs for Airdrie. He's a very talented musician and for a while gigged as an Ed Sheeran tribute act. Across the support, there's more. It's something that the Trust has managed to do really well in recent years. You've had Stephen Eaton's DVDs. You've had Ross Owen using celebrity contacts to bring us the signed jerseys. And you've had a group of really entrepreneurial people not scared to have a punt at things. The Tribute Act concerts in the Town Hall have been a great success. And they've even brought Frank Bruno to Airdrie. Although we're small in number, I think that fans, where they do have talents, are happy to try and use them in a way that would help out. This Saturday is another example. At 7.30 in the Workman's, there's a stand-up comedy gig. You're about to hear an interview I did with Gary Sansom. Gary's from Canbro originally. He's an Airdrie fan, but he's also carved out a niche for himself as a stand-up comic and an MC. He's hosting this Saturday night's gig, and he's also waived his fee, which means that more of the money raised on the night will go to helping the trust and their new community venture. It's headed for a sellout, so if you're looking for a ticket, contact the Supporters Trust through their Facebook page, and one of the nice people there might even bring the ticket while you're watching Airdrie beat Falkirk on Saturday. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the OTL Podcast. It's a special edition tonight. This week on uh, Saturday night, the 9th of November, there's a, a stand-up comedy gig at Airdrie Workman's run by The Trust uh, and the New Community Trust. And I'm joined by the headline act for that, Gary Sansom. Gary, welcome to the show. All right, how you doing? I have to correct you, I'm not the headline act, I'm the host. Sorry, a- MC for the evening, is it? MC, mate, yeah, MC and the host, yeah, that's me. The headline is uh, Bob Doolally uh, from back in the day on the live floor show so he's a he's a football manager character so it should be re- really funny and it should be good i don't, I don't want to steal his thunder so well it's, it's well saturday night 7 30 and we thought dougie asked me to have a wee conversation with you i think it's a good way to give people a feel for what might be going on but um i mean it's an airdrie podcast and you're an airdrie fan i thought it'd be quite interesting just to get the background just now so i mean you're an airdrie boy did you grow up in the town yeah, near enough. Yeah, family's from Airdrie. Yeah, mum's from Craig Nuke. Grew up in Old Bank Street, so five minutes for the stadium, even less than that from from the new stadium. And then I don't know, twenty minutes from Old Broomfield. And yeah, Papa used to take me to the games and that. Me and my two brothers down at Broomfield. Uh, so he used to go every week and go quite. Used to go a lot home and away. Really, Dad would would drive us to the games and that. And yeah, we went all up and down the country. And I'm afraid uh, we've got a lot worse since I was that age. So I used to start. I started going. When I was about ten. And, that's when we uh, were getting to cup finals and we're in the Premier League. And yeah, as I've grown up, we've gradually got worse and worse, up to up to total despair. What's the team that you remember growing up watching? It's hard to. I'm, I'm, I can barely remember the last game. It was it two months ago, mate. Never mind games twenty years ago. But yeah, I grew up when it was. We grew up in the, the best era that you could, you could imagine. So it was Coyle and 
uh, Lawrence and Johnny Martin and all that. So loads of great, great days there. Yeah, I'm gonna say late days of Jimmy Bone, early days of Alex McDonald. Was when I started to go, and that's that's e- easy to get hooked on that, isn't it? Yeah, it's the same with Scotland. Scotland as well. I mean, every every team I support will get worse as I start supporting them. So, <laughs> I'm a jinx. Uh, those were good times. Well, it's not well. It's not just you, but um. So, how did this night on Saturday come about? I mean, I think Dougie said he met you in a pub in London to watch an Airdrie playoff game. Is that that about? Yeah, right? another defeat was that one. Yeah, Ian, Ian Murray would win games at Dumbarton. Uh, so yeah, I was uh, living in London as, as I'm still doing at the moment. And uh, yeah, I was actually supposed to be gigging that night, and uh, I ended up I ended up getting cancelled, which is good. So I was kind of, I was kind of thinking about dropping out anyway, and then I went down to a pub near Stringfellows actually, I think, uh, which is just a coincidence. But yeah, Dougie and a few Dumbarton fans had arranged to. I mean, it wasn't something that they were showing in the pub anyway. But Dougie arranged to get uh, the game shown, the Dumbarton playoff game, and went down to that game, which was the first of two. I can't remember. We didn't go through. For I think we've we've never won a playoff, have we? We've not won a final. No, we've, we've managed to get promoted a couple of times when someone's gone bust, not us, uh, right. and finishing yeah, second in the playoff was was good enough. But no, we always lose the finals. Yeah, some bad ones there. I remember going up for the Stirling Albion game. I remember Snodgrass was nineteen at the time. See, it's when he came through, and yeah, I took the mega bus up from London and then lost. Made Mark McNally in defence. It was about thirty stone. Remember that as well. We were 2-0 up in the first leg against Sterling and lost two goals in the last five minutes of that game and then lost like another two goals in the first five minutes of uh, the, the second leg. So we're going from 2-0 up to 4-2 down in aggregate. And and then I think they had a couple of handballs in the line that they got away with, but it was just a you know, it was a bad one to get the bus for. Nah, should be beating Sterling Almeida, I think. I mean, we, we might have fell from grace, but we should still be beating them. But... They played. Uh, it was a it was a decent game. I remember, as you say, I think there was a few goals in it, but yeah, it was a usual rubbish. <laughs> and so, if you just stayed in touch with with Dougie, and then ideas come about to have a a night back up the road. I don't know. I don't. It's some through Facebook. I I don't know if we were friends on Facebook, but it's no no. What it was? It was uh, the Celtic game this year. So Dougie was still working at the club at the time, and I was looking to get tickets for the game, and then I posted it on the fact the 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 Facebook page and he was doing the doing the tickets and that and then he recognised it was me and it was a comedian and that and then so yeah from there and then he just came up with that he came up with the idea and said to come up and get a shot and yes it sounds good so it sold quite a few tickets got a good line up and I think it should, should be a great night it should be a laugh I've got I've got my cup final top here ready to wear for it don't, don't get to drag that out too often but I've got the 91-92 uh, cup final strip to wear for I've I've got one of those, but it doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> um, and the the lineups you've mentioned, Bob Dulali, I think it's Rob Kane and Daphna Barham. Do you know these guys? Did you pull that together? Oh, I've never heard of them. They're probably terrible. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I know them all. They're all well. They're all they're all really good. Uh, they're, and they're really good people as well. So there's no there's no like people who you think oh they're they're funny, but we'll get them on just because they're good. But they're they're all actually really good guys as well. Uh, Rob actually used to play for Clyde Bank, so. Technically, he's an ex Airdrie player in a sense, uh, so that should be. He's he's a jack of all trades, Rob. He's uh he's in hairdressing now, but there's a lot. He does like after dinner things for Rangers and that, and he uh he's doing a bit of football agent work. Actually, he did a bit of work for uh that that what guy is it? 
who was it that, that young guy that played for us the 16 year old yeah Tony Watt not Tony Watt the one is Jordan is it Jordan Allen or something I think he helped him get his move to fourth or something like that whatever he is now so yeah Rob's great uh, Vlad uh, or Bob Dulao he's a legend he's been doing comedy for probably longer than I've been alive so not that bad probably not that bad actually he wouldn't like me saying that I guess but uh, he was at his 60th birthday the other day so he can't he can't do that well I don't know maybe he could have been actually no, I've been too old but yeah, he's. Uh, I haven't actually seen him do that live, so I'm really looking forward to that as well. He's. Uh, he does a character on the circuit, Barry McTavish. So he was doing Bob Dulali on the, the live flow show, which was basically the launch pad for a lot of Scottish acts. Frankie Boyle was on that with uh, with him as well. So he's. Uh, look, it should be great. It's football manager character, so it should be perfect for the gig on Saturday. What was your route into stand-up comedy? How did you get involved? So yeah, I was doing. I did a couple of best man speeches that were really people liked and they said that I should do it and that and just never thought of it again and then a few years later I, I just ended up doing a, I saw that you could do a comedy course and did that for a, for a bit of a laugh and ended up he did, it was the reason that you do it basically I was I'd living in London and a few of my mates had left London and I did like an acting class for a bit of fun and but there was no uh, nothing at the end of it or whatever it wasn't like I was going to start going to auditions for parts in EastEnders or whatever uh, but the comedy course you could do it and then you did a gig at the end I guess must I just I'd done the best man speeches so I knew I could have a I, I kind of had some kind of experience of like telling jokes in front of an audience and then yeah went up and did the first gig and it was it was kind of a easy audience in a sense because it was all friends of the people who were on he brought the people along yeah there was about 100 people there and they were all loving it it was really good and yeah you got a massive buzz from that and yeah I just was hooked on it from then it was an amazing night and then week after I did another gig which was terrible but first one was good and I'd, I'd, I'd got enough enough from that so yeah kept going since and then it's been 10 years since then so it's, it's been pretty good and I think it's a bit like football the, 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 there's your big debut what was it like going on stage for the first time I imagine open mic nights a best man speech with a room full of people that'll probably know you uh, is one thing but just to stand up and be under the pressure to make these folk laugh I mean do you remember it well? I would say uh, I'd say a best man. I mean, people will be scared that oh, I can never do comedy or whatever. But I mean, if you can do a best man speech, you can do a stand-up gig. I mean, it's very, very similar type of thing. So maybe even worse for a best man speech because you've never done it before and you're in front of a group of people who you know, you might see again. But uh, yeah, the first one was brilliant, and yeah, it's just a great buzz. And yeah, it was a, it was very nerve-wracking to do the first one. And yeah, you you're kind of thinking about it all the time and I would get to go for like a run to calm down and all that sort of stuff but now I'll just I could just do a gig at the drop of a hat now kind of thing in front of any, in anywhere <laughs> just about but yeah the first time and then you'd be, get a big buzz and you'd be thinking about it all the time you just do one that's kind of you just get used to it now but I think it, a lot of people think it's scary but I guess it's just doing it once, once you've done it once not once but just that loads of times it get, the more you do it the easier it gets like anything and so you've dipped your toe in the water you've done the course you've done a couple of gigs when the, the next scary phase to me feels like when you decide that it's not going to be a wee hobby thing that you do anymore it's, it's what you decide is going to be your, your profession when did you make that decision? well it's just uh, when, when the money was coming in I was getting enough money for it so yeah when it, that's when you make the decision when you're, ma you're making a viable living out of it that's when you can decide, decide to go for it full time basically so yeah there's but that stage, I mean, it takes years to get there, though. So that's when you know you're, when you're making enough money and you can make a living out of it. That's that's when you go for it, kind of thing. 
and how many years were you just kicking about until you you were able to do that took like six years or whatever but I mean I'd still have to do jobs now and stuff like that as well I don't I'm, I'm more of an energy type player really semi-professional uh, so I, I gig I do I do paid work every single week but I wouldn't be necessarily making a huge living out of comedy but enough to do it full time in terms of paid work every weekend and then like a like a footballer again I, I imagine you have man of the match performances and then you have days where you might struggle as well for me they're all man of the match performances mate. I was going to say what's, what's been your toughest gig the toughest ones are when, when it's early like I had some really bad one early on and you, that's where you learn though you learn that the jokes that you're doing aren't good enough and the stuff you're doing is wrong and to change it but I had a, I had a bad one at uh, Glasgow Jonglers a few years ago and that was uh, but I, I was fine it was you, once you've been doing it a while you don't really care anymore sort of thing you just it just it's what I think the audience are more worried about it than you. It's kind of once it's done, it's done. Not a, not every comedian's like that. A lot of people will be stressing about it for ages and get upset by it. But I think I've done that enough times that it doesn't matter anymore. No, it's uh, so yeah. The, I remember one really early that I went on and it's the first joke. I was doing this first joke, and if it didn't work, then kind of I was stuck, and you just don't know what to do, kind of thing, and you just want to get off. But that doesn't really happen much anymore. Because you can, you can, you know, there's other things you can do. You bring it back, talk to the crowd, try bring them back into the show, and things like that, which you don't have the experience to do when you first start. And then developing your skills. So again, footballers will train, but for you, you as you gig, is that just are these just things that you pick up? You don't panic when the first joke doesn't go well, or do you watch videos back of yourself to, to to see what got a good reaction and what didn't? A lot of people would do that. I'm not, I'm not, but someone who's uh, very studious, to be honest. But. Uh, definitely picking it all up from doing it live and not what and watching other people as well so one important thing to do a lot of people should do is i ran a, a gig in london which was like got loads of big acts for that i got i don't know richard herring shafi Kursandi, people that might be quite famous in the comedy world not necessarily outside of that but quite big names acts acts who are on tv all the time and you can kind of see what they're doing right and wrong and you can see that when you first start, you think these people who are on TV are perfect and they never, never put a foot wrong. But you realise when you see them live that yeah, they don't get laughs for some of their jokes as well. And when you look at what they do with it, don't panic and just, just be. It's all about being comfortable and just enjoying it. Really, if you're not enjoying it, then the audience won't enjoy it. And I think you're doing yourself down by seeing you're at an age repair level I mean you've comedy's got you the chance to travel a bit I think you're saying to me you've you've performed in, in 10 countries so what's more the foreign 10. travel been more than 10 sorry well 16 arguably 17 depends if we I would say before if we count Monaco as a country or not uh, you could argue it's not but yeah and I'm, count, I'm counting the UK countries separate for that as well but yeah I've gigged in America Australia Canada Italy uh, Spain Portugal at the weekend for the first time, so that took it up to 16. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's the, one of the best. New Zealand was in New Zealand last year, that was great. Going back there next year, yeah, that's the best thing about it really is getting to go to these uh, these places and and get paid and and have 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 fun, meet new people and make people laugh around the world. That's I'd say is the be- is the best thing about it. And how does how does that come about? I mean, is that agents in those countries are putting something together, or are you going to festivals where you know you've got a, a chance to run your show and, and and hopefully make it a success? Well, the first time uh, I, lo- I went to Australia for a job, and then I ended up getting so much work out there that I could go full time in comedy. That was the first time it was kind of earn enough money to do it full time in Australia. Travelled all around Australia, uh, but since then I went out to I've, d- I've done 
guy in, the, in, in, in Australia was actually helping out set up, set up a festival in Oklahoma. So I've been out to Tulsa in Oklahoma to do a Scottish festival four times now, I think. So it's like a, more of a music festival that we do comedy and bring bands on and stuff. So yeah, the stuff that you stuff you would never expect. So I ended up, I don't know if you saw that in the, the stuff I did with Dougie in terms of interview, but yeah, I ended up doing a staying at John Daly's house, you know, the golfer. Mm-hmm. He was he went to do a gig in his hometown. Didn't know it was his hometown. It was his local bar. Ended up he was at the gig and yeah, ended up going to st- on the smash with him all night and going back to stay at his mansion, nearly played golf on his, his house and stuff like that. So yeah, it's unbelievable where it's where it's taken me really. Did you manage to keep the pace with the big man? I did, yeah. I think we did all right. Yeah, I think he was. I think he's probably. Uh, he had a big day the next day. He was going up to introduce Kid Rock on stage at some barbecue, beers and bikes festival or something. <laughs> so he was going to do that the next day. Uh, so yeah, we, we we did all right. Yeah, he's, he was he was up up the next day, no bother. But yeah, we didn't play golf because uh, his brother was supposed to come back, and he was too pissed to come back. So, but John was up for it, but. Yeah, his family were kind of kicking us out by then. <laughs> You're emceeing on Saturday, you've said, so t- to me that seems like a, from my limited knowledge, a, a different skill in the, the pressure. There's a bit of pressure on you to set the tone and whip up the audience and, and, and introduce the acts in a way that's going to just make people go for it and you don't have a flat room. Is that something you've done a lot of as well? Yeah, I've done it. De- I say that gig I used to run in London, I used to host that every single week and yeah, hosted all around all these, all, all these gigs around the world, I've hosted around the world. And you're hosting, you're doing your own show in Edinburgh. You're kind of hosting that as well as, as doing the show. So, yeah, I've got a lot of experience doing. That. I don't have any experience doing it in Airdrie to an Airdrie supporting crowd. Though and that's uh, this is going to be a new one. I've tried to write some Airdrie focused jokes. So, if anyone is listening and they do come, please do try and write some Airdrie jokes and we'll get you up to tell them. Because I think there's there's some funny stuff. So, but it's going to be very niche to this for 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 one night only. But yeah, it's this is going to be different on Saturday. But yeah, it should be fun. We make it a every special gig and try to write some every focused joke. So if you can think of any, do let me know. I was going to say uh, New York, Australia, Portugal, Monaco. The obviously the next the next stage was the workies. Yeah, last week was in Lisbon, centre of Lisbon, and this week is every. So it's uh quite quite a different vibe going on. But uh, I've never even been in the work workman's pub. I've never been I've never been in it before. So this is it's an also a new experience. I've never, I've never, I've never ventured inside it. Have you been in it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, there was a phase when, when we were in the process of going bust. There was uh, Diamonds Direct Action meetings in the the workmen's about every week. <laughs> it was kind of where we would all get together and try and work out what we're going to do to save the club from the the, the, the clutches of Evil Bill Bar. So uh, yeah, the Adrian fans yeah. have been there a lot. In fact, when with the team full of Spaniards as well, when that didn't go through. Um, again as a fundraiser there was a, a race night up in one of the rooms upstairs at the, the workman's so you had like Big Brotto the keeper and David Fernandez and stuff roaring on their horses I think they, I think they were loving it they'd never seen anything like that before so that uh, yeah, yeah. No, through, through Airdrie uh, the, the football club have done a, a lot of things I think they're a, um, a, a, a good club partner and a good partner for the, the trust so um, yeah you'll enjoy it it's a good, good venue yeah, they seem to be very good. They're giving it to them for free, and yeah, can have it for as long as we want and stuff. So it sounds, sounds great, man. And importantly, um, you have very kindly waived your fee, so that, that basically you're donating that to the the, the trust on uh, Saturday, which is a great thing. Thank you from for all your fans for that. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy to help out. Yeah. 
Gary, you've also done Edinburgh Festival a few times, so tell us about the pressures involved in that. How do you come up with the show? Uh, I think your show's got a good title. Do you want to tell us a bit about what you've done there? Good title, rubbish show, but it's a good title, that's what I want to say. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I'm just doing jokes about Rihanna, and uh, one of my mates said I should do a show called Bald Man Sings Rihanna, and since I don't have any other ideas, I decided to do it, and it's worked very well. Because, uh, yeah, it's obviously hard on everybody to get people to come and watch you when, when no one knows who you are and you don't have uh, a big agent and stuff like that. So, yeah, Bald Man Sings Rihanna, gave it, gave it a punt, and then... I think next year will be five years of that. I need I need to come up with something new, but it's uh, it's very hard uh, to come up with a, a new show that's going to sit, get big crowds every year. So I'm thinking I'm thinking about something else. But yeah, Edinburgh's great. It's not it's a, it depends on how you look at it. If you go there and put loads of pressure on yourself, and it can, it can be a tough experience. But I just think it's great. I'm, I've I've been lucky. I've that. One of the good things about having that show is it means it's full up every night and you get a great crowd and it's such a stupid name for a show that yeah people come in a, in a good up for a laugh usually not all the time but uh, most of the time and uh, yeah it's been going been going great I really love doing it and hopefully be at least next year probably doing that but possibly another show next year as well so and do you sing Rihanna in the show? I do sing Rihanna in the show yeah I mean Scotsman didn't think I, I saw it enough but. Uh, there's def- I definitely sing Rihanna on the show, so there's no uh, there's no lies there. I sing Rihanna on the show and tell tell lots of jokes, so it's generally generally a fun night. It feels like a good way to play us out here. Can you give us a few bars? Uh, oh no, 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 what's my name? You have to come on Saturday for that. I don't I don't know if I'll do Rihanna on Saturday, but I think Dougie wants me to do it. But uh, yeah. The magician never reveals the secrets before the show, man. <laughs> okay, that's, well, there you go. Here to fans, if you want to hear a bald man singing Rihanna. Get along on Saturday night, and if Gary doesn't do it, then maybe Dougie also will. That would be good. So there you have it. He's one of our own, Gary Sansom. Get along and support Gary, The Trust, and all the other comedians on Saturday night. Limited tickets are available at £10 each. You can get them through contacting The Trust, The Bar at the Workman's, or The BP Garage at Colston.